0: Hey everyone, welcome to Matt and Dory's excellent adventure. We're still on an adventure. It's kinda excellent. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. Nothing new to report. We'll see you guys later. Oh. What? <laughs>
1: Um, we've had quite a week
0: Roller coaster, roller coaster of a week, a lot of downs, a lot of ups, a lot of, uh, inversions.
1: Oh, a lot of like, you know, the slow climb up the hill.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. a lift hill.
1: Yeah. A lot of that. A lot yeah. of like, when are we going to get to the top of this hill?
0: Yeah. And then what leads, what's at the bottom? Is it, is it, uh, it's, it's,
1: it's, how fast are we going to go? I don't know.
0: I don't know. Are we in the front
1: car? Where are we sitting in the roller coaster? Good
0: question. Thank I like you. the back car whips you around, you know? Oh. Like the back car of uh, Big Thunder Mountain. That's where you want to be. Oh, good tip. Yep. So. Where do we begin? Where do we even where begin? Where do we even end? I don't know. What did we talk about last week besides the house-moving rental
1: I mean, that was a good half-hour conversation. Yeah.
0: Should we update everybody on Henry?
1: Yeah. I mean, last week, I think we said, oh, Henry has a cough, but it seems like he's getting over his cold. Little did we know. Turned out, young Henry was a lot sicker than we realized. Yeah. Um, On... Tuesday, he seemed so sick that I thought we had to go to the doctor. So we called, and we ended up going in Wednesday morning. Um, And it turned out he had bronchiolitis.
0: There you go, everybody. If you had bronchiolitis on your bingo card, you can go ahead and dab that spot.
1: Um, Yeah, which is apparently a virus that affects mostly infants. Mm. And they're like little bronchial branches in their lungs yeah um so he like he sounded like a pug when yeah, he so breathed he was breathing like a pug That's he was true. breathing like a pug he was coughing he also was projectile vomiting
2: yeah from coughing
1: yeah um he didn't have a fever so i was kind of like what is happening and so it turned out that when i thought he just had a cold and a fever that that was probably rsv Mm-hmm. which is a nasty respiratory virus that apparently is going around and really bad this year. Yeah. Um, and the RSV turned into bronchiolitis. So took him to the doctor on Wednesday morning. Um, they did a nebulizer treatment in the office, mm-hmm. which was 10 minutes of him screaming while we held a mask over his face, which was not super fun. um, And then they gave us the option of either taking home a nebulizer or doing an inhaler. They said they basically did the same thing, but the inhaler was like two quick puffs and the nebulizer would be 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, And given how tortured he was during the nebulizer, I was like, you know what, we'll do the inhaler. So we got the inhaler of albuterol Mm -hmm. and a little mask. Little little respiratory mask delivery system mm-hmm. for babies because they can't inhale straight from an inhaler, they don't know how. Mm-hmm. They're dumb
0: because mm-hmm. they're babies. It's all true. Everything's true so far.
1: Um. So yeah. So that was Wednesday. Thursday he projectile vomited again three times. So I took him in again to see the doctor. Oh, on Wednesday his oxygen was at ninety five percent, which they were sort of like, mm, not like you need to go to the ER it's right now, but not great. Um, but by Thursday it had gone up to 97%. So the, the inhaler seemed, even though he hated it, the inhaler seemed to be working. Um, and they actually said that the projectile vomit while slightly terrifying is pretty normal. Um, that babies like have a very sensitive gag reflex and also when they're so like mucusy, all the mucus is going to their tummies and they're coughing so much that the coughs like often lead to this vomit. So
0: yeah, I hope you're enjoying yourselves at home. If you're eating, stop.
1: <laughs> Should we put a trigger warning vomit? I on don't here? know. Um, anyway, it's just been like the last couple days have, he's better, but he's still throwing up. And yeah,
0: if he feels if he, you know, if he's given eight ounces, he'll wolf it down. And then yeah. once he starts coughing, he had so much in his stomach that it'll just come out after a cough fit. Yeah. So we're trying to like go, you know, four ounces at a time, waiting a while between feedings and sort of just making sure he stays hydrated and, and food full. And yeah. And, uh, you know, we're just slowly trying to get through this. And today he's been a real crank butt for i'm I'm guessing a variety of reasons, but uh, it's been tough. He's been tough today. I'm trying to remember this morning why what happened, why I got up?
1: Oh, because he threw up
0: right. <laughs> Your intention was to let me sleep, and yeah. his intention was to projectile vomit all over the bed
1: and me, yeah, yeah,
0: which he also capped off last night's bedtime with, yep, yeah. so you know, it's been a lot of uh again, that roller coaster, guys. We're on it. Tiring roller coaster. Yep. Um, what else?
2: Um,
1: well, we should update everyone.
0: Yeah. So if you listened to last week's podcast, you know that my wife was lukewarm about everything.
1: Yep. Accurate.
0: You know, obviously we had some discussions off the air about it, like we had a long discussion on Monday night about uh, this whole idea of moving and just what a hassle it would be and what would the layout be in this place and blah, 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 blah. And I sort of put it out of my head and was like, okay, I guess that's that. No fault for trying. Way to go. We did it. Don't think about it anymore, Matt okay and then uh what was the when, when did you be when did you say I
1: think it was Wednesday
0: yeah Wednesday she's like I want to move into that house what <laughs> did not see this coming Ugh. <sighs> Was it Monday night or Tuesday night? I had to get glass out of a door.
2: Um, one of the, one of these
0: nights, I get home from work Monday and I had night. to like start taking glass out of a door because uh, Bo hit his head trying to run out. You know, we have we have uh, drapes that come down over these French doors of glass, and Bo occasionally just uh, uh, usually he'll just nuzzle up to it and put his nose there and slowly open it. But he apparently decided to go real fast and broke a hole in the glass. I had to clear the glass out. That was my phone for sure. Uh, and uh, so I spent that night doing that. And again, I was thinking about it, and then I sort of like had this plan in my head of we'll do one big, uh, one more big purge in this house, uh, which will happen. I was like, oh well, my hiatus week in January is. The last week of January I, was like, I suppose that could be the one when, when I do it Just tell Dory she'll be happy about that she'll be excited about a purge and then before I could do that she then told me she wanted to move so long roundabout way of telling you all that it's happening
1: well almost what do you mean we haven't talked to our current landlord.
0: <laughs> what what could the current landlord say that would make you not move?
1: He could make it much more difficult for us.
0: Sure. But is there anything in your mind that, like, is there any situation or scenario where you're like, well, then we're not moving?
1: What if he says, like, you're responsible for the rest of the lease?
0: Okay then we're moving out September whatever is what I'll tell them and we'll move and I will use this as a rec center. I'll play field hockey in it. I will, you know, I'll slowly move the shed. You know what I mean? Like, that's the absolute worst case scenario. The end. Okay. You know what I mean?
1: I really hope that doesn't happen.
0: And then, like, in the meantime, you know, we can make this a nice, cozy office that we actually rent as an office. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay. I don't think he's going to say that. We don't know. Tune in next week. Um, For those of you wondering, we've now been here five and a half years, and we signed a two-year lease Uh, 14, 15 months ago. So we've got, you know, more time, obviously, but we just, we just, it's, it's, we've reached, we've outgrown the house more so than we had previously. Accurate. So it's just, it's just untenable. Happy wife, happy life. Wife unhappy right now. Life unhappy right now.
1: Uh, husband also unhappy right now. Well, no.
0: This is what I'm saying to her, Stu. I'm rehearsing.
1: Oh. You're like going pull to the, pull the chauvinist card?
0: I'm going to pull the... <laughs> Oy vey, right, Stu? <laughs> uh.
1: I think you can also blame Henry.
0: Of course. Yeah. He'll get plenty of blame. He is a baby.
1: He is a baby.
0: He's a baby who gets so much blame anyway. Right. Really is all... I mean, this is, this is all mostly his fault. Although everyone listening to this podcast for a long time mm-hmm. knows of the struggles, the saga, the sort of like endless debate about the house and the size of the house, et cetera, et cetera. So what are we going to do? We're going from 1,225 square feet in Los Angeles to and No, seven, 1,750 square feet. 1,750 square feet plus... A a garage that is a converted space that is, you know, insulated, sheet rocked, tiled, but not air conditioned or heated. So that's probably another, I don't know, 200 square feet right there.
1: Good thing we kept that space heater and those air conditioners. I
0: thought of that today, actually. (laughs) That space heater that's been sitting there forever because he told me to get it out of it, get rid of it, throw it out. And I was like, "Mm, hmm, And look at that. Look at that. One of those things I saved. Mm -hmm. One of them is useful. Yep. The air conditioners, I don't know. You think they're dead? The long one I can probably... No, the air conditioners are fine. The Uh, whole back end of air conditioners live outside. mm, True. Not a problem. Um, So we're going to see. We're going to see what...
1: uh, Henry will have a bigger room.
0: He'll have a bigger room. He'll
1: have a playroom. He'll have a
0: dedicated playroom. Are Matt and Dory sharing an office again? Yes. <laughs> uh that's it. That's all I get to say about that.
1: I I could I think I can use the bonus space as my office.
0: Not with my plans.
1: What what are your plans?
0: That turns into storage and the shed. It turns into the workbench.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And the guitar cases. Uh-huh the end it's huge
1: it's twice oh, the size of the current watch shed. what
0: happens when i put everything in there you'll see it's, it's twice the size of the current shed which has twice the amount of stuff for that shed in it do you know what i mean with a with a 12 inch walking sp- like i can sort of shimmy in and out of there right now with all that stuff so
1: that's annoying
0: i know don't 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 think that that's gonna be your office honey because it's not why? Because it's not. You're not going to like it. It's going to be uncomfortable for you. It's not heated. It's not air conditioned. You're not going to like a space heater and a window unit. You're not. Okay. I think the inside is going to be your office. God. You're going to love your indoor office.
1: But I'm going to have to share it with you.
0: Why not you love me?
1: I do love you, but like you take up a lot of real estate.
0: Well, then why don't I make the shed my office?
1: Because you can't keep your guitars out there.
0: But you can't put a human in there. What? If I, I just have to figure out what, how to get the temperature and the humidity correct in there.
1: I don't think you can.
0: I've done weirder things. I can figure it out. We'll see. Okay. I mean, if we just, I just don't want us to have different plans in that space. What if we do, guys? Is this the worst idea ever?
1: <laughs> Sounds like we already have different plans.
0: Um, But, you know, there's probably more questions to come, and a lot of you voicemailed us this week. So a lot of you, yeah. We're going to get to that in just a minute, but we'll be right back. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombus just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks. Tease. And underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but, like, I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little. Just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, And they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. you know, stripes on the top, of it's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel. Thank you. All right. We're back, everybody. Hello. It's time to hear from you and the roller coasters of your lives.
1: (laughs) All right. We're going to kick things off with anonymous Uh, uh,
0: voicemail email email okay
1: hi Matt Dory Henry and Bo I've been listening to your podcast since April of last year when I first started IVF I started from the beginning then jumped ahead to current pods once I got to the point where you had successfully become pregnant it's been incredibly helpful making me feel less alone as my friends all seem to easily get pregnant with their first and then second children and I enter year three of infertility so thank you for sharing your story and all the laughs along the way I wanted to reach out and ask about your perspective on transferring your mosaic embryo as well as any reader's perspectives on their experiences with mosaics. My second round of IVF resulted in two low-level mosaic embryos, no normals, and my doctor is quite encouraging about transferring them. I've reached out to the Facebook group as well as another group called My Perfect Mosaic Embryo and done as much research as I can on the limited studies that have been completed so far on the outcomes of transferring mosaics. From what I understand, there have been no reported births of babies with chromosomal abnormalities that match those reported in a mosaic diagnosis through PGS testing.
0: What? Say that sentence, break that sentence down to me? So, just to see if I infer correctly from what the sentence was, which is, uh, nobody has given birth to a mosaic?
1: No, no. The live births that have resulted from the transfer of mosaic embryos yes. have not had the chromosomal abnormalities that supposedly came up during PGS testing.
0: For her specific embryo or no, in general? No, no, no.
1: In general.
0: So it was mosaic embryo, embryo, embryo mosauses. Could they just be artifacts of the testing process?
1: Perhaps, but then it's also, I think there's probably a lot of mosaics that don't result in live births. And maybe those are the mosaics. Very true,
0: also. That,
1: you know, do have a chromosomal abnormality, Mm. but the ones that make it to live birth, perhaps those are the ones that survive. While I understand that there's a slightly higher risk of miscarriage, well, there you go. So. It seems that there is also a very real chance of a healthy baby resulting from a mosaic embryo, given that the PGS test is only taking a sample from the outer layer and not the inner cell mass that actually becomes the embryo. Also, it seems that there is a real chance that the embryo self corrects so long as there are some normal cells in the mix. Given the seemingly promising outcome of mosaic embryos, I'm curious if you're considering transferring your mosaic embryo to avoid the cost and headache of another full round of IVF as a potential first option toward a second child, which I know is something you're at least considering. I'm also curious if any listeners have any insight that contradicts what I've understood from my research. Meaning has anyone actually ever heard a study or even an anecdote where a mosaic embryo results in a baby with a chromosomal abnormality. If the only births from mosaic embryos seem to be healthy, it seems worth trying knowing that there is perhaps a higher chance of miscarriage, but with a very real chance of success. Also just wanted to say that I totally empathize with the LA housing struggle. My husband and I were in the same boat debating between renting in our neighborhood and buying somewhere less desirable about a year ago. We ended up taking the plunge to move to the valley Ugh. and buy a house. Ugh. Honey, I'm oh, sorry. That's not nice. Ugh. On the edge of Calabasas and Topanga from our expensive shoebox rental in Venice. Definitely increasing wow, commute. That's but for, a
0: long way to go. Like well, to move. I mean, it's like a big whole, it's a whole other area.
1: Yeah, it's a big lifestyle change. Yeah. But for us, it has been absolutely amazing, and the pleasure of having more space and nature has been well worth a little more time in the car, especially with podcasts like yours to pass the time. Mm -hmm. Thanks again for all you do, Anonymous, in 2,500 square feet in Calabasas, (laughs) with a husband and 70-pound Black Lab Golden Retriever mix, and she attached a photo of her very cute dog.
0: Calabasas.
1: Calabasas.
0: Home of the Kardashians. Indeed. Let's go.
1: Very far.
0: It's too far. Thank you.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that she is happy Voice there, of reason. But f- I think for me, it is too far. Yeah. Um, this is a very interesting email, in my opinion.
0: Well, it, it raises some interesting questions and, and queries.
1: Yeah.
0: Especially in regards to us. We haven't really ever seriously discussed what we were doing with that embryo. I
1: am... I am potentially interested in discussing transferring it.
0: I say just do it. Okay. Did you not think that was coming? I I did not.
1: I did not think that was coming. Uh I did not think that was coming. Okay. Do
0: you want to know my reasoning?
1: What? You don't think it's going to work?
0: Oh, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If it works, fucking great job, everybody. Yeah. What's the downside?
1: I guess the downside is... (laughs) And, you know, people obviously feel different ways about this. I guess the downside is having a child with a serious issue. Yeah. So, that's just... But,
0: like, what she's saying regarding those studies, I'm sure... Well, look, we're going to read, obviously. We would read more before we jumped headfirst into this. Yeah. But if what she's saying is accurate, it sounds like you're either getting a live healthy birth or miscarriage. or miscarriage right And it also takes the takes the waiting or the the wondering off the plate yep regarding that embryo
1: yep I do feel like if we never transferred it I would always wonder
0: yeah of course you would So I think the answer is right there. more research with the with a lean towards uh, transferring when when would any of that happen me know not.
1: Me mermaid. right.
0: Me no not. Me no not these things.
1: Mm. Okay, Yoda.
0: Know these things? I do not.
1: <laughs> that would be Yoda. <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely something we should talk about.
0: Well, I think we are inherently right now.
1: Oh yeah, we are. We are talking about it. Do you see Amy Schumer's Instagram post? No. She, um, they're doing IVF right now. Again, yeah. I, did or
0: she... she's finally talking about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're not transferring <sighs> right now. They're, it looks, sounds like they're banking embryos. Okay. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they like if they want to have a second kid if they do it with a surrogate. Like she had such a horrible pregnancy.
0: We all. I mean, that's why *Handmaid's Tale* is so great. <laughs> <laughs> No one wants to go through that. <laughs> Thank you, honey. <laughs> um <clears throat> Mar-
1: anyway, I Margaret was just,
0: Atwood, you're a trailblazer. I
1: was just I was just like, wow, she's already doing because her son is like the same age as Henry. Right. And I was like, Oh my god, she's like already jumping back in. When
0: they want us didn't they want us to wait a year anyway? Well, because but, of the C section. Yeah. And she was a C section. You saw like
1: She's not they're not transferring. They're just doing they're just getting embryos. Right,
0: but wasn't that in our case also like you'd we had to wait a year? No, I don't to think start so. Start around? No. Oh.
1: It was wait a year to get pregnant.
0: Right. Yeah. That was Becky's advice.
1: Yeah. Um I mean, I kind of feel like we should do it sooner rather than later.
0: Do what? Transfer, Transfer the mosaic.
1: The yeah. Cuz if it doesn't work. Okay. And then we still want to have another kid.
0: Call around, get some prices. Wait, what? but we'll just you know, call around and get some prices from who? Yeah, you know, people. Which we'll maybe we'll post on next door. Does anyone can anyone transfer a mosaic embryo <laughs> into my uterus? <laughs> I just moved here and <laughs> I'm looking for someone to transfer <laughs> cheap but good. Uh. <laughs> Uh, also, why is there homeless poop everywhere?
1: <laughs> also, why was my car broken into? Hashtag next door. <laughs> Hashtag best of next door. <laughs> um, anonymous, you've you've really given us a lot of food for thought.
0: Yeah. Was I? Did we answer
1: her question? Yeah.
0: She's sort of wondering how we would feel about it, and and
1: I think we just told you.
0: I know how Bo would feel about it. And also it.
1: she's um she's asking listeners to weigh in.
0: I see. Well, that's sort of like the mosaic signal.
1: The mosaic signal has let's, gone out. let's
0: also let's bump it. Let's turn up the lumens on that mosaic signal. Because okay. we're also asking. Whoa. Double double signal.
1: Double signal.
0: Remember Double Rainbow? That was a good part of the internet.
1: That was a good part of the internet.
0: <sighs> double Rainbow. Bo, do you remember Double Rainbow?
1: You should have a podcast called I Miss the Internet.
0: I would call it Internet Explorer,
1: but that was that Kagan, was, it was such a good name for a podcast. Yeah, that was Katie and Ryan's podcast.
0: A lot of good titles out there. Buffering the Vampire Slayer. One of my favorite titles.
1: Do they still do that? Yeah,
0: of course they do. It's just They're just crushing it over there. Good for them. Jenny's really made, made quite a life for herself in podcast town.
1: How come you haven't been on that show?
0: She hasn't asked Jenny, <gasps> Kristen. What? After I spent an hour and a half on the phone in the cold whoa, talking you through podcasting. Where? Where indeed is my invite?
1: Wow.
0: I mean, maybe they're saving me for once more with feeling or, or why don't, something like that. Why don't that. you
1: text her and just be like...
0: I'm not going to text someone and be like, I want to be on your pod. Why not? Because it's rude. If someone... <sighs>
1: Listen, asks me. you know, okay, I used to feel that way. Yeah. And then since doing Forever 35, I no longer feel that way because, because so many people put themselves out there to be on the show. Right. That I'm like, oh, why am I waiting to be asked?
0: Mm, interesting point. That is another way to look at it. Okay.
1: Like, there are people who... I'm sure would be amazing guests on forever 35. It's just like, I don't even think about it. And then they'll email or text and I'll be like, Oh yeah, this person should totally be on. Mm. I think it's actually kind of narcissistic to think that people are going to automatically think of you. Oh
0: no, no, no. It's not that it's that if it's not that people should think of me, it's that I don't think if they don't ask me, they don't want me on, but which see, is and, okay. And
1: I'm saying, I don't think that's true.
0: Right. But I'm also saying it's entirely, It's great. Here's the thing. I think it's great if people don't want me on their podcast. Sure. I get it. I'm not everyone's cup of tea. But I don't want to put anyone in the position of being like, ooh, no. I get that. Can I come on your podcast? We're booked. Okay.
1: I mean. That's all. Okay. Sure.
0: Look, if if anyone out there sees Kristen or Jenny.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. We have another email. Okay. So, okay. I'm going to preface this email by saying, we heard from a lot of you about the house situation.
0: We? I thought we would. I believe I said last week. Yeah. I bet we're going to get a lot of response on this. Yeah.
1: I really appreciated everyone's insights. This is
0: going to be interesting to me to hear these insights, these these cultivated insights by dory's mm-hmm. uh, reading mm-hmm. and diligent cultivating.
1: thank you all right this first email if is you from...
0: didn't hear your email and you thought you would just know that <laughs> dory is trying to take so like someone probably said similar things to you so she's taken i try to get representative,
1: representative emails she's so.
0: almost like the editor-in-chief of of our podcast our podcast <laughs> Okay. And I am the publisher
1: this is from anonymous <laughs> click
0: I'm the publisher
1: <laughs> you're except when you mess it up I click the button
0: <laughs> oh no I put out a paper from two years ago
1: <laughs> your recent podcast episode and conversation about your housing situation really affected me how so it felt like being a fly on the wall in the middle of a very serious and difficult moment for you both the tension was palpable mm-hmm. I wanted to share my experience and perspective in case it may help you come to a decision My husband and I and daughter lived in a horrid, small, old, impractical home for four years, from 2014 to 2018. Living in this house affected our mental health and thus our marriage and family interactions in turn. Year after year, we remained in the home while the stress of living there ate away at us. Interesting. I read this email and I thought, yes, this is how I feel. Until one day when I just could not handle living there anymore. I knew the right decision was to move. I took action and ended up finding a perfect, sizable, 2,000 square feet rental home. The house was farther away than we wanted it to be, but we went for it anyway. We've been in this new rental home for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Now that we are here and well settled into the home and our new community, we cannot believe that we hung on to living in that old house for so long. It was almost as if we suffered so long that we were blinded to the possibility of a better life. Please know I realize my terminology is quite dramatic as there's greater suffering in the world than not liking one's home. Yes,
0: but you're right.
1: Since our move, the stress of a disorganized, non-functional living space has disappeared. Our marriage and family interactions have improved drastically. With a happier family and home life, we've been able to step outside of the box to better our lives in so many other ways. We have developed strong friendships in our new town, mainly because we are not always feeling miserable and negative. We are more involved in our community. We have built connections we never expected, allowing us to make major career shifts. For example, my husband left his old line of work and started his own thriving company that allows him to do what he loves and work from home. Having a space we love living in has freed up our mental energy to do all of these things and more and to feel more content. We even hope to buy this home from our landlord several years from now. How can my experience inform your decision? My thoughts. If your current home makes you miserable and you can afford a move either to a house you rent or to one you buy, do it. A better environment can go a long way towards a less stressful day-to-day life and ultimately to being able to make clearer life decisions. you. You do not have to be trapped in circumstances that are making you unhappy. I particularly am directing this to Matt. Hi. It seems you are so unhappy with working so much and having so little downtime and family time. Perhaps a fresh environment will help you look at your situation differently. Maybe you, will be, maybe you will be better able to tolerate your intense work schedule, or maybe it will lead you to discover a career path better suited to you and your family.
0: Interesting. I could make guitars in my new work shed.
1: There you go. <laughs> There are more possibilities ahead. We there
0: made $5 this year.
1: Than may be immediately apparent, like my family falling in love with our new rental home and developing such a strong relationship with our landlord that he would consider selling to us in the future. So go for renting the bigger house four blocks away. Implement that plan to save money for a down payment while living in a new rental. Consider moving a bit further away than you have been willing so you can afford to buy. Let go. Have faith that there are good things ahead. Wishing you both happiness. Love the pod. Anonymous in New York.
0: Well, Anonymous in New York, I agree with everything you just said. I
1: loved this email.
0: This was part of, I can't say things, I can't say this anymore, so I won't. But this was a little bit how I felt two years ago, because you had been on me forever about this house. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I was aware of our situation. I knew what our IVF was doing. I knew all of the things. And Mm -hmm. I thought that it would have been better for us to get a bigger space, clear our heads, and and work forward from there. Two years late. Now with a baby that likes to play the drums.
1: (laughs) He seems happier.
0: Yeah. He seems like a little drummer boy.
1: Yeah. All right, we got a few voicemails. Yeah,
0: good. I like voicemails. They Going make it easy. to
1: play some of them. Just make sure I have the right one. Yes, here we go.
3: Hey Matt and Dory, this is Naomi from Chattanooga. I am calling because I paused the pod while you were talking about whether you should let Matt move stuff over the course of a week and a half, or whether you should get some movers to move four blocks if you decide to move. And as someone who has done multiple short distance local moves in the last like six years, and some of them I've done myself with some friends' help over time, some of them I have hired movers, some sketchier than others, and I would say hire the movers. I didn't realize how amazing hiring movers was until I hired movers. It was done, and I had packed all the stuff myself, which that may be a good option for y'all, but literally they showed up, and two hours later I had moved five miles, and everything was done. All the furniture was placed. It was so easy. It was worth every single penny. So especially with a dog, and a baby, you can't afford to drive this out over a week and a half. Get the movers. You will thank yourselves.
1: Thank you, Naomi. Naomi.
0: I don't know how they're going to move that daybed that's in Henry's room. I essentially built it in place.
1: They'll figure it out. That's what they do. I don't
0: know. I also might have like glued some things that I shouldn't have glued just because I was like, this thing's never moving.
1: All right. Another perspective on movers. By the way,
0: I think uh, I still think about moving this place myself. Nope.
1: I not going to Nope. Not going to happen. Since for the record, nobody nope. I think I can do it. Okay. But I put my foot Hey, guys.
4: Down. This is Caitlin calling from Atlanta. Um, I just had to pause the pod while you were talking about um, potentially moving to a house you could rent that's only four blocks away. And Matt, you were talking about how you could move slowly and you could move things um, kind of on your own time over a week and a half, do not do this. It is a bad plan, and you will regret it. <laughs> Speaking as a person who moved from one house to another house that was only two blocks away um, two years ago, and I still think about how regrettable my decision was hmm. in the way I handled that move in that I spread it out over two weeks of time. And I felt like I was just taking car loads
3: a million times,
4: car loads. And everything was a mess, and it meant that I didn't really pack that well because I kind of just put things in boxes and baskets and, like, Mm -hmm. just transported it over. It was not organized. It took a lot of time. It ended up being much more of a headache, and my husband moved at the time we were not married um, moved with movers and he was done in one day and mine felt like it took a month so don't do that Matt Dora you are right <laughs> all right
0: interesting Bye-bye. perspective look they're welcome to get at it I just I'll, I'll move the guitars myself
1: that is fine that is fine and the amps Okay. The M's. Great. Um, another perspective on renting. Uh, quick note, read this voicemail. There's a bit of a, her, her, the reception was not great. There's a pause about 15 but seconds in. But
0: editorially, you think the content was so worth it. I thought it was very interesting. That we're going to go ahead and yes. play it, which tells me this is the right time to be right back. not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like, I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the Honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little. Just a just a smidge higher like in a whatever the perfect amount higher is that's how high it goes bombas has figured this out uh and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags Uh, i hate an itchy tag bombas is like don't worry about it we do too and look the best thing about bombas is that when you purchase an item bombas donates an item that's right every time you buy their socks Tees or underwear. You're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombus has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombus can make returns easy as well. Head over to Bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. We're back, everybody. Hi. Cliff Hanger.
5: Hi, guys. It's Gabby from Philadelphia. I gave you a couple of weeks off of my opinion, and I'm back because I just feel your last episode so so hard. I oh man. I felt in the beginning when you were talking about how you think
1: your lack of space. This lack is of this, space, this I believe. is the pause. It just goes on for a few more seconds.
0: Probably talk about the lack of space. Yeah, stuff we had in where the Husband baby was going to go.
5: Toddler and I live in a twelve hundred ish foot condo, and we're on top of each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really are. Um, there's toddler everywhere, and my mattress mat. So there's musical equipment, and there's you no know, rooms and no space and no storage, and I hate it. But I own, mm. and, and I hate it even more because every freaking time there is a goddamn problem, it's it's me, it's on me, it's on me. Right now we've had, uh, we've had a leak for a while. My water bill is like startlingly high. Philly water. So we've had two, numbers, two different plumbing agencies come out and check some sort of horrific internal leak that's going to cost us more than the place is friggin' worth to fix. Ah, and I'm so stressed about it and I hate it. And um, part of me is like, I want to sell this dumpster and rent for the rest of my goddamn life. Why do people own? What's the benefit of owning? Uh, I don't know. I guess Matt's like a handyman and he's gonna like build additions and, <laughs> rooms and stuff and maybe that's why you wanna own your place, but speaking as a current owner who hates every minute of it, I don't know. I don't know. I'm leaning towards rent. I don't know. Anyway, thank you guys for being you. Love listening to you. Hi to baby Hank and big baby Bo. And you too. Bye.
0: That was uh that was real, you know? Yeah. I feel the same way about owning.
1: I know you do. Sometimes.
0: And, you know, you're the only person that gets me.
1: Gabby in Philadelphia. Gabby in (laughs) Philadelphia. With her water bill.
0: Yeah. Gabby, I get you. You get me. I don't, I mean, I could fix a lot of stuff on my own. You know, there's certain points where I'll call a plumber.
1: Certain points.
0: Not all the points. Not all the points. Certain points. Remember the remember the shards of glass I had to get out of the garbage disposal? I do. You told me to call someone? I was like, I, I could fix it. You did? Mm-hmm.
1: Very talented. All
0: right. The washing machine, she told me, it would take not long to fix, <laughs> which took me an entire day to fix.
1: You know, our friend Eric recently fixed his dryer, and I told him that you two should talk. He watched YouTube videos. It's
0: horrific. <laughs> like, the idea of it. Do you know the irony of this all, everybody... The place that we're going to rent has a newer washer. So this one isn't even our fucking problem. We could have left that mold on there.
1: Yeah, but our clothes were getting disgusting. It
0: Says you, because you don't use scented detergent.
1: What? That yeah. has nothing to do with it.
0: My stuff always smelled fresh and not like mold.
1: Okay. All right, we have a couple more moving related voicemails mm-hmm. to play. They're just very interesting. I just wanted to play them.
6: Hi, Matt, Dory, Bo, and Henry. This is Veronica. And I was just calling and getting tons of unsolicited advice on um, moving and things like that. I wanted to say a word for moving into a new rental that you're not going to be in for a full two years. Um, my husband and I moved... Um, into a rental home from a different rental home, knowing that we would be in there for, like, seven months. And um, I'll tell you, like, the benefits of having the extra space and being able able to, like, have people over and entertain um, and just, like, the quality of our lives way outweighed the fact that we had to, you know, move um, our things, like, two times so close together um, to, like, move in and then move out seven months later. So I know that you want to live somewhere for two years, Matt, um, before buying something if you move. However, maybe this is a compromise um, that you guys could make in order to just, like, feel a little bit more secure and happy while you're looking for a new home. Because you don't want to um, be looking for a new home and then feel, like, pressured to buy something because you hate where you live so much. So anyway, that's just my two cents. Um, I hope that that is helpful. I enjoy listening to you guys talk about the pros and cons of different uh, homes. My husband and I are both architects, so we just like love home shopping even when we're not home shopping. But, um, yeah, good luck. Best uh, best of luck to you in your small space. Uh, we live in a small space as well, so about 800 square feet. That's it's
0: too small. That's too small.
1: That is small. But, you know.
0: I still can't believe this house is 1200 square feet.
1: What did you think it was?
0: 1350.
1: Oh. <laughs> big difference. It is
0: a big difference. It's 150 more square feet. Yeah. It's like 5, you know, it's like like it's 4% bigger. True. Think about the closet space. Think about think if we had 150 square feet of closet space. Oh,
1: What a dream.
0: Seriously, think about it.
1: The new place has a lot more closets.
0: But that's like, think about the space difference that would be.
1: It'd be a big space difference.
0: It's not a teapot, everybody. That's our son. Our son is ready.
1: All right. One more voicemail. Mm-hmm.
7: Hey, my name's Bill Murphy. I uh, live in Kansas City, Missouri, and about 1,350 square feet with, uh, two boys and a dog and two cats. And I just had to pause the pod and call you guys about the, uh, rental, new rental place discussion. And, uh, I think you guys both have really good points and, uh, about that it's your new space and you want it to be nice and everything. But you, since you guys are renting it, I think the, uh, some of the dated things that maybe you could consider less about and uh, then that way you guys would have more space and Mm -hmm. then whenever you're going to go buy a place like matt was talking about if you want to go to the valley and buy a place then you can find those things that aren't dated and make it a little more perfect for what you need but in the short term you guys get that more space that you really sound that you need so anyway hope you have a great day and good luck on your decision and so happy to hear about henry and uh, Bo getting along, and you guys haven't, Henry, been uh, listening since the beginning. So, oh, thanks, have a good one. Take care.
0: Thank you. More space, guys. What will it be like? Will you hear lightness in our voice? Will the stressful weeks leading up to the move destroy us? <laughs> Wait,
1: there's a there's a there's a postscript from Bill Murphy in Kansas City. All right, let's hear it.
7: Hey, this is Bill Murphy in Kansas City again. I just wanted to. Then a quick update. I uh, our house is uh, thirteen fifty, but it has a, a full unfinished basement. It's a ranch style. So oh, I just wanted to give you a little update. It's got storage and, down. Uh, sorry about the if you hear the screaming
1: kids. They're playing Fortnite. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> glad he sent in that clarification. I, I like it. Yeah,
0: and I like that the kids are playing Fortnite, screaming yeah. at each other.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. All right. So here is a, a counter argument. From Emily.
0: This is Emily. Emily's saying don't.
1: I had to, as they say, pause the pod when you were discussing, discussing potentially moving into a new rental. My wife and I moved back in September when our eight-month-old son was becoming increasingly mobile. I do not recommend moving unless you truly love a house and it doesn't sound like either of you loves this potential new rental or are ready to buy your home. Packing and moving with a baby is so stressful and I say not worth it, especially to a rental that you don't love. My wife and I both have full-time jobs, and even though we hired movers and my sister-in-law came to help with the baby, it was so difficult to find the time to pack, let alone organize in any way. It ultimately led to me having a full-on panic attack the morning of the move. Matt, you talk about not having much time at home. You will feel that that much more when the time you're at home is spent trying to pack or move things. I know that you just did a major reorganization in your home before Henry arrived, but my recommendation, which you are of course welcome to take or leave, is to do another reorg, Now that Henry has established his presence and uses his motivation to really... Did you not
0: read this email last week?
1: No, because we... I think I read it to you when we got it.
0: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: To really start looking into buying, easier said than done, I know. Emily in 1,900 square feet, but currently only 600 square feet while we live in our basement while our house is renovated in Washington, D.C. with a wife, almost one-year-old, and dog. So... Emily was emphatic about not moving.
0: Emily, this is—you're all going to be able to follow this adventure.
1: Yep, 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 yep. It'll be interesting,
0: or not excellent. Maybe it'll be our bogus journey.
1: Oh no! And then one last, uh, one last thought from Natalie. Mm-hmm. She has a solution to our home problems.
0: Natalie, let's hear it. We haven't signed anything yet.
1: Move to Vegas, where the Uh, housing is a fraction of the cost of everything in L.A. Most people here are from California, and Matt loves it here anyway. It's pretty family-friendly where we live, and we only visit the Strip maybe a few times a year when visitors come. So there you go. A solution to all your problems. Kidding. I know you guys have jobs over there in L.A. and have to stay out there. Just wanted an excuse to email.
0: Natalie?
1: She's in 3,400 square feet Natalie, I get
0: you. Natalie, you're my... You get me.
1: Also, she also loved watching Homestar Runner way back in the early days of college when there was nothing else on the internet and the best video on YouTube was Charlie Bit My Finger. Oh,
0: Homestar. I do miss Homestar. I really do. Boy, this... uh, If only I had space for a dedicated podcasting table. (laughs) Someday, everybody. Someday.
1: All right, that brings us to the end of the moving portion of the podcast. Which
0: I feel like was quite a journey in and
1: of itself. It truly was. Thank you all for weighing in. Deeply appreciate it. We're going to move on to a signal that went out last week. The craniosynostosis signal. Yes,
0: I remember that signal.
1: This first email is from David, who is a neurosurgery nurse and used to do a ton of those surgeries back when I did... Pediatrics? Yeah. PD. Yeah. I recommend Connor look for a surgeon who is trained in doing it minimally invasive with a microscope. Hopefully they can keep it to a small incision and drill the bone over the suture to separate the cranial plates. Sometimes to keep the plates separated, they will use res... Resorbable plates. So instead of the usual thin titanium plates we use on adults, we use plates made out of polyglycolic acid.
0: That will like reabsorb into the body. Or
1: moisture. polylactic acid that the body will absorb over time. Hmm. Uh, to hold the plates apart for a short period of time as the head grows. Once the plates are absorbed, the skull bones are allowed to move and grow normally. It's a pretty straightforward surgery, but there are risks. The larger the incision, the larger the risk for blood loss. That's why most pediatric neurosurgeons who do these move to minimally invasive techniques. Also, there are several venous sinuses that run under the cranial sutures so the surgery is not without risk. How do doctors know when to stop drilling so they don't drill all the way through the skull and into the brain? Well, the drill bit chatters as you approach the harder cortical inner surface of the bone. So there's a lot of listening involved. Matt, you've probably experienced this while woodworking. Mm. Dremel bits with more flutes make different noises than more aggressive cutting burrs with fewer flutes.
0: So like, is he just talking about how i should drill into
1: a skull probably okay this explanation got out of hand anyway it's not a horrible surgery recovery time isn't long it's really more about remodeling with the stage helmets like invisalign but for your head (laughs) also this won't make you feel better but i looked for my house for almost an entire year before i finally found mine might, might, Matt, you might have to bite the bullet and sit with Dylan for that hour and a half. It's invaluable to figure out where you're at financially to find out how much you can save and how much house you'll be able Sad to afford. That part is
0: we're supposed to be doing that today and I'm so fucking tired right now. I can't even imagine doing it, but okay. guess what? It's happening.
1: Maybe he'll be able to present you with a better way to save without impacting your activities of daily living. I hope you all find what you're looking for. I've been listening to all from the beginning. First time emailing. So happy for you and for you both. And Henry, for having such loving parents. I've listened to Matt almost since the very beginning of Nerdist. Please do a... a long a, time ago. He wants you to do a hostful ID10T.
0: Look. Who knows?
1: Thanks for keeping the pod going. David and Pearl in Pearland, Texas, south of human, human Houston. 3,145 square feet in an 8,500 square foot lot. Just me, one of the listeners who isn't actively trying to have kids.
0: Well... Thank you. Look at this. This kid is out of control. In case you're wondering, we haven't abandoned our child. Holly has come to help us out this Sunday so that we can do this podcast. This Um, is pretty much what he's been like all week, by the way.
1: We have a couple more emails about this, but we're going to take a quick detour for David's PS. Yeah. I've been trying to plan a trip to Disney World, and I've Mm -hmm. never been to either land or world. Could use some advice for a first-timer on where to stay and what to do. Honestly, I wish I could have y'all plan the whole trip for me. Y'all always Mm -hmm. sound like you know the ins and outs of Mm -hmm. the place. I'm mainly going because I want to see the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge part. So if y'all are doing a Disney Minute, I'd love to hear your advice. I've also been going back to old episodes (laughs) trying to mine them for info.
0: David, I would stay at one of the Epcot area resorts, like the... the, because that's where Hollywood Studios is. You'll be close to Hollywood Studios. There's a couple of resorts I believe you can walk to Hollywood Studios from. Swan and the Dolphin come to mind. Those are also walkable to Epcot. Boardwalk. Yacht and Beach Club. And you get that back entrance to Epcot, which is good. Sounds like you just, since your galaxy is edging it, you should make... Hollywood Studios is your priority. Stay close to there. That way you'll be able to do the whole like, I'm going to get up at the crack of dawn and go at rope drop and get in there and ride that Rise of the Resistance. So stay at Disney property. You want those extra magic hours. And stay close to California Adventure.
1: All right. Not
0: California Adventure.
1: No, Epcot.
0: <laughs> nope. No, nope. Hollywood, Hollywood Studios. California Ventures. No it Disneyland. one, Disneyland. No one wants to stay close to California Ventures.
1: Um, okay, Megan says, For Connor, this diagnosis can be very scary. I've been there. The wonderful news is that it sounds like it was caught early, and you can do the endoscopic surgery. My son was born March 21st this year and had endoscopic surgery for his sagittal suture on July 2nd the surgery itself was fairly short and recovery was fairly quick the first night post surgery was the worst but our little guy was such a trooper after that night he was mostly back to his normal self i think we used tylenol for about 3 days then he didn't need it anymore the helmet took a while to adjust for sleep but once he figured out a comfortable position it got so much better there's some great resources out there one is www.capskids that's caps with two p's.org This has a directory of the most well-known surgeons. The organization will put you in touch with one. If you want a second opinion or even to meet with a second surgical team, they will help. And the second is uh, craniocarebears.org. This organization sends care packages for family and baby with surgery necessities. Um, I'm happy to report my son graduated helmet therapy on Friday, took his first steps on Sunday at nine months old. He's hitting or head on all his milestones and hasn't let this slow him down at all. Um, and she attached some pre and post surgery pictures. And on the first one, you can see his forehead is bossing out and his head is elongated. And the second picture is right after he graduated this week. And you really do see Aww. quite a difference. Um, and then we also heard from Stephanie, mm-hmm. a 33-year-old mother of two who was born with craniosynostosis. Mm-hmm. The coronal sutures ear to ear to my head were fused together in utero. I had surgery at three months, but helmets weren't worn back in 1986. If they were, I did not have one. Other than some hearing loss, I'm pretty typical. I wanted to write to let the parent who was worried about their baby, if surgery in Cowtown, USA in the mid-80s was successful, they shouldn't (laughs) worry too much about their baby. The story is that my grandma was holding me after the surgery and said my name and I smiled. Tried to find the picture, couldn't find it in my quick search. Um, so, you know, there you have it. Um, oh, and we, uh, we got, we got one voicemail about this. I'm going to play.
8: Hey guys, uh, this is Carly. I had to pause the pod, um, after the cranial signal went out. Uh, my daughter had cranial stenosis. I believe that's how it's pronounced, stenosis. Um, she had that, but we didn't catch her until yeah. she was six months old um I actually had her tested for down syndrome because I thought she had down syndrome because of the way her eyes were shaped come to find out her bone fused so at 6 months old there was my baby in the hospital getting her head basically cracked open um but let me tell you it was a very for us it was a quick surgery I know other babies have been in there for hours but hers was so tightly packed in there it made the heavy the hard work easy um but She, uh, did wonderfully. She (laughs) smiled even when her eyes were swollen shut, all of that fun stuff that comes with cranial surgery, but it, um, it really was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, she recovered very quickly, very well, and she is now a 10 year old sassy pants. So, um, just wanted to call and confirm that it's, you know, it's, it's very real, it's very scary, but it will be okay. Get the surgery done sooner rather than later. Um, get the surgery done sooner rather than later, sorry. Um, because that way you won't uh, won't be afraid as long.
5: All right, thanks,
8: bye.
0: Thank you.
1: Thank you, Carly.
0: Oh my goodness. Honey. What? I'm getting the Matt is falling asleep signal. Okay, but it's almost Henry's bedtime
1: it is what
0: if we instead had Henry put us to sleep
1: oh that's a good idea and
0: then he got to stay up and then go to work tomorrow
1: at 5.30 oh, that's a good idea uh, we just have one more email that I do want to read because it is somewhat time sensitive Henry
0: took over for me Just all you'd see on the Goldbergs is just people drumming silently <laughs> that would be 22 minutes of that
1: <laughs> oh boy Um, Okay. This is from Irina who says, I'm a newly minted fan. I discovered Excellent Venture a year ago via the Forever 35 Facebook groups. But I had a hard time listening due to my own fertility troubles, miscarriage, etc. Then, to be honest, I totally forgot about it until last month when I discovered it anew and decided to binge all of season two as I go through my own pregnancy. Oh, my goodness. Due in early April, so baby Henry's about a year ahead. I'm about in July 2019 and loving it. I'm especially loving hearing about your safe sleep stance, same, and how Bo has been with the baby since we have a dog, too, and I have some concerns when the baby comes. Right. Anyway. I'm actually writing today because I have an advice question for you and fellow listeners. My husband and I were originally planning to find out the sex of our baby, but not tell anyone. Primarily, Mm -hmm. this was because it drives me absolutely crazy the way people gender babies with all of the pink and blue shit. Not to mention that pastel pink and pastel blue aren't actually super cute colors. So while we're not totally planning to raise a gender-free child, I really want to avoid all of the pink is for girls, blue is for boys stuff as much as possible, which I know won't be an issue for our friends, but will definitely be confusing for our families, especially my parents. Eventually, though, we started telling some close friends about the baby's sex and even told our siblings. We haven't told our parents yet primarily because we haven't seen my father-in-law in in person. Mother-in-law passed away 10 years ago, and I really haven't wanted to tell my parents because they've been kind of insufferable with their (laughs) I want a girl, my mom, and I want a boy, my dad, stuff. As far as they know, we actually don't know the baby's sex and don't plan on finding out until he's born. Oh, she just told us. Oh, no. But our baby shower is coming up at the end of January, and my parents are hosting, and I'm wondering if we should just pull off the band-aid. About a third of the people there will be our close friends who all know the baby's sex. I kind of want to just make a big surprise announcement during a to- by doing a toast at the baby shower and say, thank you all for coming to celebrate our baby boy. My husband, however, thinks this is a terrible idea. <laughs> and that my family, my parents, plus a few other relatives will be offended slash hurt that we didn't tell them sooner and that we lied about knowing this whole time. However, I think it'll be a fun surprise. I'm still a bit apprehensive Mainly because that'll give my family another two months before baby comes to gender the crap out of him, which is still the thing I'm trying to avoid. But I figure that'll happen anyway, and it might be easier to do it before the baby actually comes, so it's not a big shocker in the hospital. Plus, it might get kind of awkward in the end if my husband's family and all our friends know, and my family doesn't, but I'm not sure, because my side of the family is Latino and will surely drive me crazy with all their gender stereotypes. You know? Thanks so much, Irina, husband, soon-to-be baby boy in Florida with an 1,100-square-foot, two-bedroom duplex on half an acre – with a fenced-in backyard, one very energetic six-and-a-half-year-old border collie.
0: Whoa, that's the most energetic of all the dogs.
1: One grumpy old man kitty and one foster fail kitty who still thinks she's a kitten. Mm. Meow.
0: You know, I don't I don't know that Dory and I tried. Maybe Dory's could speak differently to this. But I don't... Like, for instance, when I painted the nursery, I painted it white.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: And all our furniture is (laughs) white and our linens are like muted grays and greens. Mm -hmm. And all of the toys for Henry are just sort of toys. They're not Mm -hmm. like, you know, blue whatevers, et cetera. Mm Mm-hmm. So I the, the, like I don't look around it, it, I think it would take you a little while to look around our house to figure out that our that we had a son.:
1: mm-hmm. Certainly not if you just looked in his play area.
0: Or if you look in his room.
1: His room is blue and gray. It's blue. His rug is blue.
0: His rug is blue. His rug is blue. I don't know that it, it doesn't... Is it blue?
1: Yeah, it's like it's like turquoisey blue. Mm. It doesn't scream boy, but it also doesn't scream girl. Right. Like, I, I feel like it leans boy.
0: Yeah. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, I think if you told them... I think tell them before. I don't think it's a good idea to not tell them and then have it get ruined at the thing. I agree. I would tell them maybe the day of or day before and be like, guys... We're going to announce it at the shower, but I want you to know before we announce it. It's going to be a boy. That's the way to go. And then, other than that, I would just say, look, we don't want any crazy toys that are going to be like uh, beeping. If you you say you don't want toys that are going to make noise, or are... are, are, Just say
1: no battery-operated toys.
0: Yeah. Then the world of color neutrality is at your fingertips. Yeah. It's true, you know. It's gonna be. You'll be surprised at how little that will come into effect. Agreed. I think the girliest thing that Henry has is a is a is a baby doll that he has yet to name, mm-hmm. and the boy boyiest thing he has is a blue truck.
1: It's not even a truck. It's, it's a, like blue, a little car, blue car with a o ball thing that on top. It just happens
0: to have an o ball thing on top yeah. that he can grab.
1: Came in a set of o ball toys. There you
0: go. So that's so that's both sides of the spectrum. Yep. Mm, whatever. What does he like to do? He likes to climb on things mm-hmm. and scream mm-hmm. and and chew on whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The end. I got him some rubber glasses today.
1: Yeah, he liked those. <laughs> he does like his o balls. Yeah, he likes to throw them.
0: I think they help his little dexterities.
1: Yeah, I agree. And he likes his drum.
0: Yes, when he remembers it's there. Yeah, and not a step stool. <laughs> <sighs> All
1: right, this brings us to the end of the show.
0: If you're uh, wanting more of the podcast, our Patreon. Let me tell you, we were a little late on the Patreon, the second episode for the those of the folks at the ten dollar level and up. Um, so we recorded this week. They got all the hot gossip about the house before you guys. They sure did. And we recorded for an hour because we felt bad.
1: Yeah, we did a full episode.
0: So if you ever want more of us, we're out there. We're at patreon.com forward slash help, Help us. We're about to un- incur a big expense. <laughs> uh,
1: and if you support us at the $5 level or above, you get one free bonus episode... You get one bonus episode a month. Yes. Um, and you also get your name read on the podcast each month. And for ten dollars a month you get two bonus episodes. And you also get the whole back catalog of Patreon episodes.
0: Yeah, so once you sign up, you'd be able to go ahead and access the previous posts and there's just two episodes a month for the last three, two and a half years. Yeah. So that's a lot. There's it over is 100 a hundred episodes in there.
1: So let's thank some supporters. Wait, no.
0: There's over fifty episodes in there. There you go. My brain. Doesn't do math great. Uh, so thanks to the following eggheads Jackie G.
1: Jane Callahan. Jennifer
0: Sika. Jennifer
1: Steele. Jess Branch. Jesse Hendricks.
0: Kane McCall. Caitlin Puzi. Katherine Shimmons. Katie Heimer. Katie Regan.
1: Katie Tavy. Kelly Zimmerman. Carrie Mills. Kim Mestry. Kimberly Shepherd, Christopher Fanegi. Layla Arshid. Laura Dodge. Laura Madge.
0: Laura Rosenbloom. Lauren. Lauren Gleason, the Donkey of Prey.
1: Lauren Houston.
0: Leslie Shoop,
1: Lex Conan, Lex,
0: where were you on this move thing? I was looking to you for advice. Uh, Liesl.
1: Linnea Thunsel. Maggie Fleming. Margaret Metcalf.
0: Martin Hediger peterson
1: Maud Tremblay. Mackenzie Erickson. Magana Prasad. Melinda Phelps. Michelle Isom. Michelle Kitzmiller. Mike, Kim, and Leo. Molly Shrans, Mariah C. Adamic.
0: Mr. Bundy.
1: Nancy Powell.
0: Nikki Bossard.
1: Nikki Maraka,
0: Paul Faust Rezig.
1: Patricia Faust Rezig.
0: Paul Sharp is what I was reading. <laughs> and I jumped up, Patricia. Sorry, uh, Paul Sharp. Paul Sharp. Paula. Rachel Downey.
1: Rachel Kuzma.
0: Regan Parsons.
1: Robert Olson
0: Sabrina Stern
1: Sadie Massa
0: Sandra M
1: Sarah Prager
0: Sarah Dead long Sarah Lewis Sarah Swift
1: Shari Olson Siri K. Gasky, SJV
0: Stephanie Thompson And
1: Stephen Azar Thank you
0: all so much. Anyone who's like, I missed the internet, go back and watch that Pork and Beans video for, uh, for Weezer.
1: <laughs> You'll get the internet. You'll
0: get the internet. Up to it including shiz. They're all in there. <laughs> I forgot the song existed. The end is really just a whole smorgasbord. Look at this. Look at that. You got the light certified shoes, on Day, that karate remember that Kung Fu guy from peanut butter jelly time? History of dance. Zuma Zuma. Oh. I miss Weezer.